It's time for another hour of community-based programming. You're listening to 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, January 3rd. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Camdenton Shop with a Cop event has brought joy to children this holiday season. The Shop with a Cop program pairs a child with a police officer for an afternoon of toy buying, and this year, the Camdenton Shop with a Cop helped 121 local children. Over $10,800 were spent making the holidays brighter for Camdenton kids. Thanks, Camden Police Department, for your good work. Amron, Missouri's Lake of the Ozarks Eagle Days returns this weekend for a day of free fun and learning about the incredible birds of Missouri. This year's Eagle Days will be a one-day event set for Saturday, January 8th, featuring the live bird programs at Osage National Golf Resort and the Encore Lakeside Grill and Sky Bar. Come check it out and get a chance to see some of these incredible Missouri raptors. Local attorney Ryan Bridges has announced his campaign for Camden County Associate Circuit Judge. Bridges made the announcement in a press release that emphasized his legal expertise and participation in community causes. The primary vote for the Associate Circuit Judge for Camden County is set for August 2nd, 2022. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Well, the Chiefs' win streak came to an end yesterday, losing in Cincinnati 34-31 on the final play of the game. It ends the Chiefs' eight-game win streak and takes them out of the first spots in the AFC playoff picture. They dropped down to number two behind Tennessee. The Chiefs actually jumped out to a two-touchdown lead early, but they couldn't stop the Bengals' passing game. Jamar Chase set an NFL rookie record with 266 receiving yards and three touchdowns on 11 catches. That was pretty much the difference in the game. The Bengals pick up a third and 27 in the final minutes. That led to their game-winning score. The Chiefs almost had a goal-line stand to force overtime but committed back-to-back penalties on fourth down, and it was over after that. So the Chiefs are still in the playoffs. They've still won their division, but they have lost the number one seed, at least for now, in order to regain that. They will need to beat Denver next week and have Tennessee lose at Houston 
And just in case you don't know, Houston is not that good this year, so the odds are against that. College hoops last night, MSU Bears win again. They knock off 10 and 4 Drake to improve to 10 and 5 on the season. The Bears are off until Wednesday when they travel to Bradley. Mizzou Tigers will be home to Mississippi State on Wednesday. High school basketball this week, Camdenton and Osage square off tomorrow night and you can see that game on Lake TV again, Camdenton at Osage on Lake TV. Eldon is uh, busy tomorrow night against Lebanon. Versailles is playing in the Stover Tournament. You can see Versailles coach Jason Oliver featured on this week's high school basketball coaches show on Lake TV every day at 10, 2, and 6, Tuesday through Friday. College football, the uh, last bowl game is tomorrow night. That is LSU and K-State in the Texas Bowl. Of course, the National championship game will go next Monday. That will feature Alabama against Georgia. They both won their national semifinals. The Blues beat the Minnesota Wild in the Winter Classic on New Year's Day. Blues in first place in the Central Division. They'll be in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Be sure to check out KB on TV. KB's show on Lake TV. What's burning? Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows. You can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, and streaming live 24-7, 365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We offer a large selection of home accessories and gifts in several different styles, several different themes, from nautical to contemporary to traditional. Our goal is to bring well-priced products into the Lake of the Ozarks that serve your home accessories and gift-giving needs. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. And Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. It is 8.07. We welcome you into the first daily show for the new year. And we, again, thank you for making us part of your day, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, 89.3. 
keyradio.live. Maybe you're tuning in on one of our apps. We've got one for the Android phone. We've got one for the iPhone. However, you're getting uh, your information from us today. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity. Welcome to 2022. And yes, folks, I've heard it all morning from uh, a number of different uh, broadcasters. It is cold. 12 degrees is cold. So now that we've got that out of the way, well, actually, it's uh, it's moved up to 15 degrees. I'm so sorry. But that is still considered cold. However, I think it might be a little warmer than it was this time yesterday. So if you're trying to find the uh, sunny side, there you go. 41, the expected high with plenty of sunshine. 27, the low tonight with a clear sky. Then for tomorrow, we'll get all the way up to 48. Again, plenty of sunshine with a low of 21. 31 on Wednesday with a partly cloudy sky. The low of 15. 18 with some snow showers possible on Thursday with a low of 7 above. Friday all the way back up to 30 degrees and a low of 23. Partly cloudy. Partly cloudy on Saturday. 49 the high. 36 the low. You heard Stacy Johnson mention Eagle Days, which um, I can remember the very first Eagle Days over there at Wilmore Lodge that they had. And I took my son, and at this point, he was still light enough where I could put him on my shoulders and he could uh, see over the crowd. Uh, today, not so much. I don't know that I could get him. He's 26, and I don't know that I could get him up on my shoulders uh, quite as easily. Sunday, we've got a high of 39 and a low of 19 and a partly cloudy sky expected. 8.09 is our time. 573-633-5395-573-633-5395. Give us a call this morning. Let us know. Have you already abandoned your uh, New Year's resolution, Bill Munhausen? Uh, I never made one. Good for you. Good well, for you. Followed good advice there. Yes. Hmm. I resolved not to make any uh, New Year's resolutions. Here we are at the uh, the pickleball training facility in yeah. North America. Yeah, people can't tell what you're talking about. There's a pickleball net here. We have a cool net. It's It's got a pink frame. It would. It looks to me like it'd be a lot easier to jump over than the traditional net. It's not quite as high as a uh, standard. Uh, a tennis net. Yes. Right. I don't know. I've never tried. Well, I think I've maybe probably tried to jump over You've a tennis tried. net. You've tried. Come on. You know you have. Yeah, but, you know, as you, as you get older, you, you think it's, there's too many possibilities of it being embarrassing, and nobody does that anymore. Uh, I'm sure there are people that still do, people that can still yeah. get that kind of height. Yep. I'm yep. not one of them. Okay. I'm gravitationally challenged. <laughs> It is, uh, it, it's nice because normally we have all the tables and chairs set up out here like they're having maybe an event where somebody's going to come and speak or, you know, if they're doing the surfing table or whatever they're going to do. But now we've got all that pulled to the side and uh, Bill and Peggy Munhausen are training for uh, pickleball. Do they have, uh, is, is, is this a sport in the Olympics? Will we see on February the 3rd? <laughs> in the senior division, huh? No. Uh, you never know. Hey, uh. man, everybody's got it. You've got... Uh, uh, you've got the Olympics, you've got the Paralympics, you've got the, uh, you know, show me state games. You're only as old as you feel. Mm-hmm, I mean, right. if you can still, you know, throw around some weight or, you know, swing a, a tennis racket or a pickleball racket. But now, I think you had told me this one other time that these pickleball rackets are made of like this space age polymer now. Oh, yeah. They they're, they kind of have hollow cores, so they have more power. They mm-hmm. kind of uh, compress and hit the ball hard, you know. Yeah. When you don't do well, do you get frustrated and throw your your your, your racket on the ground? 
Uh, no, because they break easily. Do they really? Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. They're probably expensive too. I don't think they're cheap, are they? No, they're not. That's space age material. That's right. People <laughs> always figure out a way on Amazon to make money off of stuff. <laughs> Well, did you have a good New Year's uh, Eve, New Year's Day celebration? Uh, we actually just kind of sat around all day. There you we go. We didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't really go out on New Year's Eve. You figure there's a bunch of drunk people driving around. That's probably a good uh, good time to avoid being out there. Now, I know there's a lot of places where you can go and get like a package deal where you get dinner and champagne at midnight and you can spend the night there, which is probably a good idea if you're going to do mm-hmm, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I and, and to anybody out there, I, I don't know if you had seen anything or if there was uh, anything of interest. Um, not really a whole lot going on. We were just kind of watching the uh, weather change on Friday. And uh, then, of course, what uh, what hit us on Saturday. Yeah, which wasn't really much. You know. And they made it seem like the end of the world. <laughs> yep. They were they were running that little. Uh, it, it always reminds me of the uh, stock market, the ticker. Mm-hmm, when you have the ticker mm-hmm. tape, and they were running either along the lower third or the upper third of the screen. You know, this is closed. That's closed. No church service here. I, I think everybody's back in school. I would. There would have to be like a foot of snow on the ground mm. for them not to open school because the parents have probably had enough. <laughs> yeah, they need to get to work. And and here's the nice thing. You know, I don't know if you paid attention at all last week, but it was nice driving through town and well, you're still I come over here, you don't leave you don't leave your house. But, right. Uh, but uh you know, we didn't have to deal with the buses and 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 I'm still I'm I'm appealing to anybody who's on the school board or who is, you know, has something to do with the transportation of these schools rather than picking each each kid up at their driveway. Let them all meet in one place. Yeah, I mean, have a pickup. I think I've, I've seen in other communities they have these little lean-to things where all the kids gather in. And well, wouldn't it be smarter if it, they all huddled together on a morning like this morning? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to pick up each kid at their door. I mean, come on. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> then they can't say how they used to have to walk, uh, you know, a mile uphill both ways in the snow mm-hmm. to school and, and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. So, and And another thing I might add... <laughs> <laughs> and I think you and I've talked about this as well. The monthly newsletter that you get from the school district. Uh, yes. W- you know, and, and, and as a taxpayer and as a taxpayer whose student no longer goes there, mm-hmm. I don't have any interest in reading it. I, well, I might browse it just real quick to see if there's anybody well, I, I know. Mean, you are a taxpayer, but I still don't have any. It, yeah. I have opinions about the newsletter. Please. I mean, it costs a lot. It's full it, gloss, full I mean, color. Yeah. It can't be cheap to do. And it's just a PR piece. It doesn't really tell us any news about the school. It's it's like uh, bragging. Oh, we're wonderful. Well, and, you know, it's great to promote the kids and all the great things that they're doing. Because that's what we want to hear. We want to hear about the good things that the kids are doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I- if you're just going to pat yourself on the back. Right. That's yeah. all it is. It's it's a lot like a corporate PR piece. Yeah. I, and it would be interesting to find out how much something like that costs. Yeah. And if the savings would go back into the school to benefit something where they need that kind of money. Uh-huh. Sure. 8.15 is our time. So Bill and I are already on, on our horses for uh, 2022. And here's the nice thing. Since I don't write as many checks anymore, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about writing 2021 as often. Right. And then void the check and tear it up and go, <laughs> uh, you know, I wasted the check, doggone uh, it. Yeah. 
So anyway, and then of course, uh, I don't know if you've been watching uh, gas prices in the area. Two ninety nine. They've been hovering right around that three dollar mark uh, for about the last week now. It seems like uh-huh. yeah. we, we got we kind of got a, a bit of a break around Thanksgiving, and it looked like maybe things were, you know, going to go in the right direction for a while. But uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, they were down to like two seventy nine. Where where we see yeah. that is is wow. That's well, those gas prices at the lake are so low. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, about a year ago, and even before that, they were lower than that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think they're all afraid of that three number. Nobody wants to go to the three dollar mark. The three dollar mark, where you know, but wouldn't you rather buy something for nineteen ninety nine? Rather than twenty dollars, of course, and they'll throw in an Every, extra. Everybody knows this. They'll they'll throw in an extra <laughs> one. All you have to do is pay additional uh, shipping and handling. Uh-huh, yeah. That's all you have to do. I, and I saw a lot of those uh, those little gadgets. The one I liked the most was the the thing where you take the uh, water. It, it looks like a giant egg, right? Yeah. So you put the water in there, and then you put the like four eggs in, and you put it in the microwave and turn it on. And amazingly, the the egg comes out hard boiled. And then you don't have to fight to get the shell off of it. You know, it's th- this space-age oh, polymer that okay. it's made of. But wait, there's more. <laughs> and they scoot another one in there, and now you got two of them. But you're paying, they say it's free mm-hmm. if you pay the additional shipping and handling. So that's not really free, is it? No, it isn't. Because there really shouldn't be much additional shipping and handling. Because all that crap's made over in China and breaks after about the first month that you have it. Yeah, they probably nest together the two halves of the egg thing. <laughs> you know. Well, and then there's the uh, th- then there's all the tactical stuff that they're doing. They've got the tactical flashlight that he said it. it th- this is the guy. What is his name? Nick Bolton, right? He used to be a, a former Navy SEAL or something like that. Mm. And he says, uh, "Well, it's the same size as a pen." Well, not really, Nick. Because the pen's this big, <laughs> and and the flashlight's you know a, a, about another two inches taller. Yeah, but you're getting two, right? So it's a good deal. Hey, two you can for the, he, two for the price of one. He mm. ran over it in his Humvee. That that's all I needed to know. That's <laughs> it, all he needed to it's know. It's got the word tactical on it, so you know tactical. it's got to be military approved. So you know if you're uh, you know your tactic is to turn it on and off. You know. Well, it's got all the stuff you need on it, and, <laughs> and apparently you can see it for two nautical miles. Right. And what would those things be? It puts out light. <laughs> it's got the flashlight. <laughs> And then it's the flashlight. It, yeah. it, it's got the uh, strobe. The strobe. Yeah. For in case you're going to have a seizure. That's good. <laughs> and, then, and, and then on or the other end. Want a seizure. <laughs> and then on the other end, you, you've got the little thing that can break the glass. Oh, and then it actually yeah. works as a pen. And they're doing all kinds of great stuff to it. You know, you see him break the chunk of ice, and there's the pen right there. It's been frozen. And then they dip it in the boiling water. And then he runs over it. I mean, what more can you ask for? Mm-hmm. The battery's not included. <laughs> now, see, there you go. That, that's where they get you on the batteries. Well, they probably have a deal with, uh, like, Rayovac or something like that. I got a... Uh, I mean, that's not a plain old double-A or triple-A or something. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you guys about this. I got nitrogen in my tires. Yeah. Have you guys ever done nitrogen I've in tires? I've, I've heard of that. I've heard yeah. that's a really good thing. It's not that great. I, no? I went to start up my truck this morning, and my air pressure is really low on <laughs> my tires. Oh. I thought that was supposed to help me with that. Where yeah. did you get nitrogen at? It was just some deal like where I got a really good deal on my truck, and then at the last minute, you know how they start trying to pile stuff on to sucker you into buying more things? And uh-huh. I think they just wore me down at the end. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do the extended warranty. I didn't well, do all the other things. Well, you you didn't do the undercoating? None of that. The, yeah, the special coat, the, the clear coat they want to put on. and right. then. Uh, well, you can just go over to Casey's now and top up on your nitrogen, right? I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 I think they just wore me down, and so finally I'm like, fine, just put the nitrogen in the tires. <laughs> 
But the problem is then you can't put air in your tires. Why not? Because if you mix the air with the nitrogen, it's... You have the atmosphere. Well, I, I guess <laughs> the, it doesn't work as well once you mix oxygen well, with nitrogen. Well, of course not. So then they have to... You have to take it over there. They have to completely drain the tires and then put nitrogen all back in for it to work effectively. So it basically means unless you have a nitrogen tank in your house, yeah. it's hard for you to top off your tires. Or that would have been uh, the first red flag for me right there, Dave. Well, I didn't really <laughs> think it through. <laughs> and we've already concluded it doesn't work properly anyway. Well, I was just driving, I was driving home with my brand-new truck, and I was thinking, how am I supposed to top this thing? I started thinking about these things as I was on my way home. Mm -hmm. Really how it works, right? Yeah, so it sounded great at the time. So nitrogen in your tires, a bad thing. Uh, and some of these deals that you see on TV for these convenience. What's really great about the commercial, though, is when somebody's, like, sitting there trying to peel a hard-boiled egg, and they make it look like it's the toughest thing, you know, ever. Mm, yeah. Like, hard-boiled eggs and brain surgery are almost one and the same. Right. I mean, it's one of major problems we're having in this decade. Yeah. It's probably egg peeling. Mm, yeah. So... You know, and I, I, I'm like anybody else. I like a good hard-boiled egg, and I don't like to have to mess with it. But there's other things you can do. I mean, I think you can put, like, a little baking soda or something in the water, vinegar, whatever. There's different things you can put in the water that helps the eggshell hmm. after it's sat in the fridge for a week. But have you forgotten that you get one free? Buy one, get one free, so now you can actually make two eggs at the same time. <laughs> well, no, each, each one of those will hold up to four, four eggs. eggs. Oh, there yeah. you go. So you're not quite at a now dozen. Now you can make eight at a time. That's right. You just sit down and eat eight eggs. Uh -huh. you've got, That's what everybody you've does. You've got an egg for every day of the week and plus one. And and what's nice, though, but but we, what I really enjoy is watching the person, whatever the task is, how they struggle with it, you know. Right. Like the lady trying to clean the pans and <laughs> the pots. She, just gives, and she gives up. I spent all this money on pots and pans, and here they are over here with the space-age polymer with a 10-year warranty on it. Buy one, get one free. They had a cookware set. Um, I kid you not, it was, uh, let's see, five payments of, was it $20, $50, something like that? Hmm. Five payments of forty nine ninety five. Well, that's 50 bucks. All right. You know, just round it up and get it over with, you know? Mm -hmm. keep, keep the math as simple as possible. And you could do everything and add everything. But she comes on and she's got these beautiful, like, they look like they were chromed. They, they were beautiful, a uh, silver color. And she said, "Well, I buy all these expensive pans, and they still stuff still burns on them, and 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 I can't get it off." And it's like, "Well, then why don't you learn to cook?" <laughs> Seems pretty simple. <laughs> and it all comes from like a PO box somewhere. That's yeah, right. you just try and you just try and get your refund, boy. Get off my property. <laughs> oh, so Dave Maupin is with us, obviously. I am. And uh, he is going to talk a little bit about the commission meeting. We're going to we're going to hold him hold him uh, back as long as we possibly can. Probably do it following our uh, our news break at the bottom of the hour. But uh, planning and zoning seems to be an interesting topic these days in Camden County. You you know it's interesting because I can kind of tell uh, the topics and how popular they are with right. the audience by, by the traffic I get on different articles. Oh. And uh, you would think planning and zoning would be a, a thing that really resonates with the residents out here. But to be honest, I think people really don't think a lot about planning and zoning until it's they actually sure their property and their issue. Because uh, I thought that was going to be a really uh, uh, article that was going to get people fired up about the new land use right. code. But when you actually look at the traffic numbers I got on it, it wasn't wasn't as heavy as I thought it would be. I'm going to test the theory of uh, the land use code and just put up a shed on my property and see what happens. That's yes, all right. Just see, see what happens to you. Yeah. 
We'll, we'll see you in court. We'll see you when you get that misdemeanor arrest. <laughs> so that's one of the big things, I guess, that's coming out is there's, there, the new land use code makes a violation that can be investigated by the DA's office, and, and then uh, you can actually be charged with a Class A misdemeanor for violating Sitting in the, the county lockup, what are you in for? Uh, built a shed without permission. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that Rubbermaid shed didn't come with a warning on it. Or yeah. Whatever. But, but so you can sue the manufacturer then. That's right. <laughs> Liability. Well, it's interesting you bring that up. <laughs> Very interesting you bring that up because I got on the subject of, of, of remember last year whenever they started doing it, kids started eating Tide Pods, and so it was big news. Kids are eating Tide Pods. Kids are eating Tide Pods. No, kids are stupid. If you eat a Tide Pod and the parents are throwing a fit, they want and, and and rather than just tell the kid you got what you deserved, who in the world eats something you throw in the washer to clean your clothes, right? Mm. Was this like on a dare they would do it? Like uh, they were daring each other, you know. Like uh, there was a lot of different things. Now at first they were afraid that the Tide Pods looked too much like candy and kids sure. were going to eat them. Well, you know, then don't put them where the kids can get to them. I mean, doesn't that just make sense? They don't look like candy. They don't no. look like candy to me. <laughs> but anyway, what a non-story that got people all worked up. Right. Mm-hmm. When we were stupid and we did something dumb, our parents basically said, you know what, I could have told you before you, do- before you did that, or better yet, you know, you're, you're an idiot. Now you have to deal with the consequences. You know, if you ate yeah. soap, mm-hmm. you know soap wasn't a good thing to eat. Uh, if you got your mouth washed out with soap, you, you knew early on it wasn't a good thing to eat, but you did it anyway. Yeah, we learned, we learned things the hard way. I remember once my mom was driving, and it was winter, and there was a, a lake. It was starting to thaw out a little bit. Winter was starting to end, and there was a lake that was frozen over. And as we were driving by, I asked my mom, hey, do you think I could walk out on that lake? And she goes, oh, no, don't do it because you'll probably fall through the ice. So the first thing I did when I got home is I put on my coat and my gloves, and I went out to the lake, and I walked out in the middle of it, and I fell through. Mm. The, and this was mm. like the horror story you always hear as a kid about you're going to die, you're going to fall into the water. So there I was alone in this, like it was basically like a small pond uh-huh. in the middle of the ice floating. And I had to basically break my way back through the ice, crawl uh-huh. up the slope, <laughs> walk home frozen, try to get all my frozen clothes off before my mom could see what I had done. And uh, I learned an important lesson that day about ice and not getting out on ponds. Mm-hmm. What did she have to say about it? I'm just curious. I uh, didn't tell her. I hid everything. I basically tried to thaw my clothes <laughs> out. I didn't want to admit now that next, I'd done it. Next time you drove past the pond, was there a trail? <laughs> there was. <laughs> from the center? There was. It looked like a, a big dog. What kind had, of a fool did that? It looked like a big dog had fallen in there. Now, now you know how the Tin Man feels when he gets all rusty. It's hard for me to move. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And I, but I'll tell you what. I learned that lesson. I have not gotten out on the ice. There. Mm-hmm. When people see the lake frozen over, and I'm like, nip. I'm not getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try to walk well, across it. <clears throat> We've we've had some winters where the uh, a lot of these coves have, have, have you know they've they've got a good freeze on them and you could probably walk out there on them, and then the stories start coming out about people you know playing hockey in the cove and then somebody decided to drive a car across the cove you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know how successful they were yeah. with that particular venture but yeah let them do it good yeah. ca- cautionary tale for the rest of us uh-huh. yeah I grew up on the Hudson River in New York and we we actually had ice boats out there. You know, boats, that, sailboats with skids on them. Oh, cool. That is, that is it, cool. It was a cool thing. But anyhow, we were always out there uh, playing hockey or something and you'd, in a cove. And you'd always well, be the Hudson tempted. River was, you know, that was up north enough to where it would freeze and, and give oh, you yeah. a significant opportunity to, to get out there and play. Well, it's what, it's the, what's called an estuary. Well, the advantage of the ice boat is it's also a boat. 
so you're okay. <laughs> I mean, like, if I things go know. bad, whoops! <laughs> if things go bad, you've got a backup plan. I never noticed whether it had a hull like a boat. <laughs> it was a skiddy thing. Okay, more like with a sails, you know. That would be smart. Yeah, <laughs> it was a boat. That's why we didn't <laughs> die, Mom. That's right. <laughs> Well, it's, it's like those planes that, that land around the, the Arctic Circle. You know, they don't have wheels on them. They've got, like, the skis. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Which, you know, it's, it's interesting. Once you take off and then you're like, hmm, where are we going to land? Uh, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. You've limited your options for landing, I guess. That's, that that had to be a heck of a plane to go from the Arctic Circle to Florida. How are mm-hmm. we going to refuel? Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, didn't think about that. <laughs> I don't think they had, uh, you know, the midair refueling like they do now. Mm. You're basically limited to whatever your tanks can hold. 8.28 is our time. Something on your mind this morning, 573-633-5395. And it's good to have you with us uh, on this first edition of The Daily Show. Dave Moffin is here. I'll let you know coming up tomorrow. In hour number one, we're going to talk to uh, Chris Franken. Chris Franken, who was... A Camden County Commissioner is going to run again for the presiding commissioner's job. I believe he was presiding commissioner, and so he's going to run again. And we'll also have Professor Jim Paisley on the program to give us a bit of a history lesson. I think we're going to talk about Iran, and in particular, uh, it's because Iran, 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 whatever, (laughs) potato, potato, tomato, tomato, um, they launched a rocket last week, and not like a, a missile with any kind of a nuclear warhead. But they uh, were putting little things up in space, I guess satellites, what have you. Hmm. But at the same time, they are trying to uh, get back around the table with other countries to see if they can't uh, salvage their their nuclear program, which I don't think they care. See, here's the thing about a treaty. Essentially, it's a piece of paper. You don't have to stick to it. Hitler didn't bother sticking to it after World War I. As a matter of fact, he went into uh, overtime, overdrive, Mm -hmm getting uh, things ready for World War II. Yep. And had they uh, had they had a little bit more time, uh, the Germans would have definitely been in <coughs> to the uh, jet age because they were working on that as well. It is uh, 8.30. Let's take a quick break. We'll jump in with news from Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com. Thank you for uh, 2021, LakeExpo.com. Looking forward to working with you in 2022. And Chris Schneider over there at Lake TV with a check of sports. How about it, Chris Schneider? Thank you, sir. We appreciate uh, Lake TV's contribution to the cause as well. It's all here on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, January 3rd. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Camdenton Shop with a Cop event has brought joy to children this holiday season. The Shop with a Cop program pairs a child with a police officer for an afternoon of toy buying, and this year, the Camdenton Shop with a Cop helped 121 local children. Over $10,800 were spent making the holidays brighter for Camdenton kids. Thanks, Camdenton Police Department, for your good work. Amra, Missouri's Lake of the Ozarks Eagle Days returns this weekend for a day of free fun and learning about the incredible birds of Missouri. This year's Eagle Days will be a one-day event set for Saturday, January 8th, featuring the live bird programs at Osage National Golf Resort and the Encore Lakeside Grill and Sky Bar. Come check it out and get a chance to see some of these incredible Missouri raptors. 
Local attorney Ryan Bridges has announced his campaign for Camden County Associate Circuit Judge. Bridges made the announcement in a press release that emphasized his legal expertise and participation in community causes. The primary vote for the Associate Circuit Judge for Camden County is set for August 2nd, 2022. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Well, the Chiefs' win streak came to an end yesterday, losing in Cincinnati 34-31 on the final play of the game. It ends the Chiefs' eight-game win streak and takes them out of the first spots in the AFC playoff picture. They dropped down to number two behind Tennessee. The Chiefs actually jumped out to a two-touchdown lead early, but they couldn't stop the Bengals' passing game. Jamar Chase set an NFL rookie record with 266 receiving yards and three touchdowns on 11 catches. That was pretty much the difference in the game. The Bengals pick up a third and 27 in the final minutes. That led to their game-winning score. The Chiefs almost had a goal-line stand to force overtime but committed back-to-back penalties on fourth down, and it was over after that. So the Chiefs are still in the playoffs. They've still won their division, but they have lost the number one seed, at least for now, in order to regain that. They will need to beat Denver next week and have Tennessee lose at Houston. And just in case you don't know, Houston is not that good this year, so the odds are against that. College hoops last night, MSU Bears win again. They knock off 10-4 Drake to improve to 10-5 on the season. The Bears are off until Wednesday when they travel to Bradley. Mizzou Tigers will be home to Mississippi State on Wednesday. High school basketball this week, Camdenton and Osage square off tomorrow night, and you can see that game on Lake TV again, Camdenton at Osage on Lake TV. Eldon is uh, busy tomorrow night against Lebanon. Versailles is playing in the Stover Tournament. You can see Versailles coach Jason Oliver featured on this week's high school basketball coaches show on Lake TV every day at 10, 2, and 6, Tuesday through Friday. College football, the uh, last bowl game is tomorrow night. That is LSU and K-State in the Texas Bowl. Of course, the National championship game will go next Monday. That will feature Alabama against Georgia. They both won their national semifinals. The Blues beat the Minnesota Wild in the Winter Classic on New Year's Day. Blues in first place in the Central Division. They'll be in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Be sure to check out KB on TV. KB's show on Lake TV. What's burning? Lake TV brings you five 
local lake area shows. You can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, and streaming live 24-7, 365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. 836, welcome back to the Daily Show, our first of the brand new year on this third day of January. All the way up to about, oh, we've kind of gone down a little bit. 14 degrees is where we are in Camden. 41 the expected high today, so we'll do a little bit better temperature-wise than we did yesterday, obviously. 41 the high, 27 the low, clear during the day, clear tonight. 48 tomorrow with plenty of sunshine and a low of 21. A few clouds and 31 tomorrow, I'm sorry, on Wednesday. Uh, A.M. snow showers, morning snow showers. It's only supposed to get up to about 18 for the high on Thursday and a low of 7 above. Friday's high of 30, a low 23 and a partly cloudy sky. Saturday, high near 50 and partly cloudy. 40 the expected high on Sunday, again a partly cloudy sky. 14 degrees and clear on this uh, beautiful, beautiful day at the lake, Camdenton, Missouri, wherever you're at. Somewhere somebody's going for a boat ride. I don't care what the temperature is. Hmm. And so um, I I saw the story just real quick before we bring uh, Dave Moppin on uh, that Marjorie Taylor Greene has been suspended indefinitely or for life or something like that um, from Twitter. She's been suspended permanently from Twitter because, um, I guess they said uh, she was spreading COVID-19 information on her account, and the you can't you can't do anything anymore. You can't talk about not COVID on, not on Twitter uh, in a, in a negative fashion. You just can't do it. So she's done. She is officially done on Twitter. A Twitter spokesperson told CBS News that we permanently suspended the account. Uh, for repeated violations of our COVID-19 misinformation policy. We've been clear that per our strike system for this policy, our strike system for this policy, we will permanently suspend accounts for repeated violations of the policy. Green responded on her Getter account, G-E-T-T-R account, calling Twitter an enemy to America and uh, can't handle the truth. That's fine. I'll show America we don't need them. And it's time to defeat our enemies. Green, uh, her personal account had more than 465,000 followers. So 
I guess those must be 465,000 people that have no idea. They're just all idiots, apparently, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's also they suspended her personal account, but I think she still has a, a professional account as a representative. Right, Which right. is weird. I mean... Does she really? Yeah, I think they. I don't think they suspended her actual uh, account that she has as a U.S. representative, but her personal account. What if? What if she spreads misinformation yeah. on her professional account? Yeah, How do we sense. know it's misinformation? How do we know that she's not <laughs> Twitter right? Twitter tells and us, and they're wrong. Twitter tells us. Well, Twitter can uh, pucker up, Buttercup. Eight thirty-nine is our time. <laughs> Dave Moppin is here. Let's not waste Dave's time and uh, and get right to the meat of things with the uh, among the dogwoods. Of course, the monitoring the chronicling of uh, the Canberra County Commission and their meetings. Last week, we had a short week, but, uh, well, we did. Did they have two meetings last week, Dave? We had one meeting. Uh-oh. So, yeah, I mean, they kept me surprisingly busy considering we all should have been on our Christmas breaks. I didn't get a break, I guess. So uh, let's see what we got here. So, yeah, December 28th they met. So that's that's pretty rough for me. You know, I'm a retired guy, but here I got to get out there and, and go to the meeting. So December 28th was a uh, it was a meeting about the accounting policy. One of the things they were they were talking about that they were making some changes to the accounting policy, uh, and so there basically were a bunch of rules. Uh, I can only write down so much <laughs> stuff as they're talking about the changes. But uh, for example, some of the rules were they're not going to do employee raises until uh, if they're after September 1st. So you don't get a raise, and and you can only get a raise by the county if it's before September 1st. Um, there was somebody, they wouldn't say who it was. In fact, they made a point of not announcing who it was, but apparently somebody had been no longer working for the county but was writing grants for the county, and I think they paid them as a county employee. They're not going to do that anymore. They're going to instead use pay them as a contractor, give them a 1099, and that's how they're going to do that. Uh, I believe it, I, I have my suspicions about who that person was, but I don't know for sure, so I'm hmm. not going to say. Um, county vehicles should be used for county business, not personal business. That's, that's pretty common, I think. And actually must be used for county business. Yeah, so the, one of the interesting things is there are people apparently who had county vehicles and preferred to use their own personal vehicles for, for work, and they basically said that that's not a good policy to have because of liability, mm-hmm. stuff like that for the mm-hmm. county. So they've also put it out that if you have a county vehicle, you're supposed to use your county vehicle, not drive your truck or something out to do an inspection or whatever you might be doing. I don't think there's like deputies driving around in their personal cars trying to, to work, but I assume <laughs> it's for stuff like that, you know. They could be undercover maybe. Yeah, I guess. But again, <laughs> probably shouldn't be using your own car because it's not really good undercover identity. Uh, yeah, so, th- so those were the things. Th- there was a whole bunch of different things, but like I said, those were the highlights of it. Um, there were sewer district contracts. Uh, they get bid out, but apparently... Um, they were, good. they were gonna renew these. Every five years they have to bid out for new sewer contracts and they had two contracts that, that they were just gonna do renewals for because they'd already been bid out previously. So Allen Parker's company, I think, it was one of the ones that got the uh, bid for the maintenance and operation of the sewer district. Guy's a hilarious guy. I've, I've been to a couple of meetings where he's been there. He tells some great stories about like, I, like one of the ones he mentioned was, I'd never heard about this, but like, I guess in sewer districts where there's more older people living uh, in the area that have uh, a lot of medicine and or take a lot of prescriptions their sewage is different from districts where there aren't a lot of people taking medicine because all the medicine then gets processed and put into the sewage it Mm -hmm. creates like a black jelly Mm -hmm. 
there's like a black jelly that will be in the sewage mm. as opposed to like normal sewage that you might experience. He's uh, the Rodney Dangerfield yeah. of Camden County is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah who knew? I, I was fascinated. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so apparently black jelly is a real thing. This is the, the inside baseball of how the sewer districts operate. Uh, but yeah, so good guy. He's, he's apparently getting the contract done again. And then there was like an accounting contract. The third agenda item was for the insurance policy. Uh, this is, I guess, McGrath is like the consultant, and they basically take out bids for insurance and they put out bids. Uh, there was only one bidder this year to insure the county. Uh, there had been three last year and five bidders the year before. According to Commissioner Hasty, he said McGrath sent out bids to eight to ten insurance companies, and they all declined to bid on the insuring the county this year. Yeah, I, f I found that interesting because McGrath is an insurance company. Does Can he bid on his own thing yeah you know I, I had some people contact me who do insurance after I wrote this and so they were talking about it my my impression is that you don't really he's not really insuring them himself they they actually have carriers that they then contract with to cover the insurance right he just represents them right and then he so basically <coughs> he would put I think your general insurance consultant would put out bids they basically are trying to find insurance of you know a larger contract that's going to insure the, the county mm-hmm um, it is interesting that n no one wants to insure the county. So the fact that, you know, they were kind of joking about it, but it, it's kind of concerning, I think, if you couldn't get insurance, or if you had, like I think I mentioned in the article, if you have a friend who can't get insurance for to drive a car, uh, and he tells you he's applied to eight to ten different insurance companies, they've all denied him, I don't think you'd be inclined to give him the keys to your car to drive it. Even if he said he had one insurance company uh -huh, that agreed uh -huh. to do it. Call the general. <laughs> hey, no, that, apparently they're a reputable insurance company now. They've been reputable for like 60 years. and I didn't even know they were around until like about five years ago. Yeah. I, I've heard all the commercials. Once you get Shaquille O'Neal on board, That's right. your, your stock goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just kind of a bizarre situation where it's like, and my, my other question was like, why? I guess Travelers is the one that's going to insure them. Why would Travelers ins agree to insure them when all these other companies won't in insure the county? It's like they're they're trying to make money. They must be charging a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the maybe and they didn't get into. I want to say I want to say someone said it was around six hundred thousand dollars or something that the county was going to pay. But Commissioner Hasty said basically it's because the insurance companies have been losing money on the county. So, again, why would any insurance company want to do that? Were they specific about how that money was being lost? Uh, they, he, I think he said Lawsuits? a lot of claims. Yeah, yeah, he said there were a lot of claims against the county, and that was one of the problems. Let me, uh, it would be interesting to find out sometime. When you know, we talk about what happens in our own county in terms of lawsuits and things that the county gets involved in, somebody isn't happy, they file a complaint, they file a lawsuit. What is like an average number for a county, or is there an average number Maybe one county sees more than others, and, and I'm sure that's kind of how it works. But overall, when we talk about something regarding a lawsuit and how it affects the county, you know, are other counties uh, better than us, worse than us, yada, yada, yada? Well, I mean, it, and it's a concern, too, especially when you're getting to, like, legal insurance and legal costs. I mean, I think the county has legal insurance at this point. Um, there are cases, even with the commission, where, you know, basically you have legal insurance, so the, the insurance company is going to pay for the attorney. But yet we've had we've had commissioners who then want to hire their own attorneys also in addition to the insurance attorneys, and then basically the county ends up footing the bill for those additional attorneys, which doesn't seem to make sense because you have your legal insurance that's supposed mm -hmm. to be doing that. Mm -hmm. So for a commissioner to say, well, now I want to hire an attorney who's going to charge five or 
$600 an hour to represent us or me uh, in addition to the free attorney that's provided by the insurance company, I think that's an issue. And we don't have a lot of visibility into that because whenever they talk about stuff like this, they're going to say, it's subsection one, we're going to close this session because we're going to be talking about legal issues so we don't get to find out a lot of times what's going on until after the fact. Hmm. But yeah, I've seen some of the billing and it is in that range, $500, $600 an hour where we could have been represented. The other thing is, you know, you've got... Uh, an insurance company is providing you legal insurance. The, the downside of that probably is a lot, a lot of times the insurance company is going to have some influence into how the case needs to be resolved. Because if, if they're concerned that there's, you're going to lose the case and you're going to end up, the county's going to end up paying a million dollars or something like that, the insurance company might come in and say, hey, it's time for us to settle because we want to cut our losses at this point. Like we're not mm -hmm. going to be on the hook for a million dollars. And uh, we've talked too about it. There's times where if the, the people being sued, like maybe a deputy or a commissioner, they're misrepresenting the case to the insurance company or to the attorneys, like, and it comes out during the trial that they're either being uh, untruthful about things, the insurance company might pay off that settlement, but then they can turn around and say, like, they're like, okay, we'll pay the $800,000. Then they're gonna turn to the county and be like, uh, you owe us $800,000. <laughs> they're, they're basically gonna then force the county to pay them that money because, you know, they'll be like, you, you kind of sold us a bill of goods, you said, we thought you were acting in good faith and you told us all these details about the case. Then we go to trial and we find out that none of that is true. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So we agreed to, to basically handle the case this way because we thought that based on what you were telling us that it, it was one way. And then when everybody gets up on the stand and we find out what's really going on, suddenly we're on the hook for all this money. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it can be a big deal. Now, I don't think this involved the legal insurance for the County. I think this was basically just their general policy and, uh, yeah, so one of the interesting things about it, too, was that they are technically supposed to bid some of this stuff out. There's statutory requirements for insurance that say you have to bid out your insurance like every five years. And I think health insurance every three years. So that's something, you know, they were asking, you know, like, oh, well, how long do we have to do this? And then I raised my hand and said, I think it's five years. They, they weren't real receptive to my <laughs> advice about that. Go figure. Commissioner Gohagen did thank me for my input. <laughs> the other guys didn't say anything. Uh, yeah, so that was, the, that was the issue with that. I think it's a concern, the fact that they're being a little blasé about the fact that they could only get one insurance company to insure them. Um, but, I mean, at this trend, it's going to be zero next year. And so then what happens? I mean, like uh, I worked for L.A. County, and L.A. County, for a large, they were self-insured. I mean, they had, to, right. they had so many settlements, but they were such a bigger county. I mean, they had like 400,000 county employees or something like that. It was huge. So, uh, you know, they, they could insure themselves. They just had so much money. So uh, the, the final agenda item was a, a GSA bid for an X-ray machine with a rolling belt, lockers, and a magnetometer. So they're going to put these in the courthouse entrance. You know, it's going to be like your traditional... TSA setup now where you put your stuff on the, the rolling belt and it goes through the x-ray machine. Oh, okay. It's not going to x-ray the person. No, you're still going to probably have to go through the metal detector thing, but yeah, yeah you don't have to lay down on it. You, you don't have to put your hands <laughs> over your head and, and have it turn around, like go around you. Uh, but yeah, so apparently there were some issues because some of the gals that were coming in the, to do business in the county we're getting upset about the deputies going through their purses, you know, like going through all, I don't know if your wife lets you go into your purse. Like for me, that is like uh, forbidden territory. Like I'm not allowed to get stuff out of my wife's purse or if she needs something, I have to get her to get it. Like that's, and so I guess a lot of women were getting annoyed by the, all the searching that was going on. Uh -huh. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, now there's no searching. You just put it on the X-ray machine. You can see what's right in there anyway. That, so that's why they're so thinking, no harm, no foul. Yeah, that's why they're thinking this will be an improvement. It'll avoid people getting irritated by it. Uh, one of the sheriff's employees did mention that in the the two or three months that the uh, metal detectors have been there, they've found no less than 150 firearms on people that were coming in to do business at the courthouse. So I thought that was pretty funny. Like. Did they mention what they do with the firearm? I think they just tell you to go put it in your car. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There we are back to that thing in Kansas City again. Yeah, there we are. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, so basically they, you know, there's a sign that says you can't bring firearms. But it, it is just interesting because, you know, before they had the, the metal detectors, just makes you think, well, geez, how many people were walking around armed in the courthouse? Again, I don't have an issue with it, but, like, no. it was more a funny detail where I thought it, like, everybody kind of laughed about it at the meeting. Like, we all thought, yeah, that, that checks out, you know. Mm. You know where you live. Yeah, that's You know right. exactly where you live. Yeah, I mean, if you're surprised by that information, you probably live in the wrong county. I mean, that, I don't think there should be any surprise that a lot of people are walking around armed in Camden mm -hmm. County. Right. But it was just hilarious, because even with the sign-up, you still, and even with the metal detector, you basically got 150 people walk through <laughs> and have a firearm found <laughs> on them by, by the deputy. And what would, what they, would they be They probably your... took their car keys out of their pocket, though, right? <laughs> What would be the what we yeah, what would be the first inclination uh, once they find the firearm on you? Oh, I don't I don't know. Uh, I, for, I forgot that was in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, usually too, it's funny because I have to get in there, but I got to go through. So I know to put my keys and my phone down, and I go through. But like you know, some people have like uh, metal pins and stuff in their mm -hmm. bodies, and generally, like the older they are, the more likely they are to have. You know, you've been around longer. They you give you a card for that. Yeah, so they yeah they're they're pretty cool. They'll they have a wand. They'll wand them. But sometimes you know if it's like a couple older folks, I'll be like, oh geez, I'm gonna be here all day because how many pins do they have? And <laughs> like I gotta gauge the crowd as far as what the delay is gonna be going through the thing. But yeah, there's been some folks who just have to get all wanded because they've got various pins and staples. And my wife has an ankle replacement. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, and I remember years ago before they really got too high tech on this stuff. My buddy had a uh, hip replacement, and so we used to go through, and he had to carry like a little, it, it's about the size of a credit card. They, it's a picture of it, and you just hand it to him. Yeah, you, I don't you're know. You're good to go. I, I, don't, I don't know if they're that high tech at this point. but So it's actually, your wife then could wear an ankle holster and just give them the card. Maybe they wouldn't even check. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we had an experience the last time we went on a vacation where she wore a shirt that had a lot of bling on it. Mm -hmm. And the gal that ended up having to pat her down had a field day with her, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's part of the, the traveling, I guess. But so people are, are irritated, I think, about the whole security features at the courthouse because some people feel like, like, I pay for the courthouse, you know, I pay my taxes, I'm there doing business that they require me to do, and now they're stopping me at the door and checking me and basically disarming me, so... Um, it, it might have something to do with their insurance also. I think yes. somebody mentioned something about mm -hmm. that, that if you don't have security like at the, uh, at the door, mm -hmm. it affects your insurance. And maybe they just can't be that picky about their insurance <laughs> anymore. So maybe that's why. Call the general. Better. But, yeah, so they're going to put in lockers so you can store your stuff in the locker. That's I think similar to what they have in the courthouse, yeah. uh, when you go to court, they have lockers for Stuff, but like you know, that's usually for like your cell phones. Like you're allowed to have a cell phone in the county courthouse. I'm pretty positive they don't want people storing their guns in there. Uh, they don't want to turn into like a gun locker situation. But I think you just don't want some people just pulling out their guns and waving them all over the place and then putting them in a locker. I mean, it's not a lot of room. You're in a narrow hallway, so I wouldn't want to be around for that. Well, 
all I can say is, you know, if you're going to allow people to carry guns, you might as well figure out a way to, you know, allow them to store them so that they don't have to put them in their vehicle and then turn around somebody busts in their vehicle and steals them. Yeah, I mean, and right, that's that's the argument, right? Because if people are going back to their cars, somebody might think, oh, I just have to wait out in the parking lot and, mm-hmm. and, and go to the cars. Uh, it, I feel like it's an improvement over the way it used to be, where basically before it was like, the honor system where they basically said you couldn't carry a firearm in the courthouse, which basically meant, as usual, anyone who's law-abiding isn't going to do it, except for those 150 people. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't be armed, but then if someone actually wanted to come in and do something, they could just walk in armed and then cause trouble. And here I am sitting there unarmed where it probably would have been a good idea for me to be armed in that situation. Firearms, knives, anything that, you know, could cause mayhem. Your general mayhem, brass knuckles, whatever. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, they are taking knives, too. They're doing stuff like that. So yeah, I've, I've, heard. I've walked in there, and I've gotten as far as, like, just right there as you get ready to go through the metal detector, and I turn around and walk out, and I said, sorry, I've got a knife, you know, my little one of my little pocket knives or something, or maybe the big one that I carry with me, too. But And you just go back there and put it in your vehicle. Hope yeah. nobody sees you. Well, it's weird, too. When you're not armed, sometimes it feels weird. Yes. Because I'm used to, like, certain weight, and then I, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, did I leave something behind? Or So it is, it is weird how used, especially since I was, you know, I've been a police officer for 24 years, and now I'm, so I've been armed for, my, my old policy, when people would ask me how I felt about carrying firearms, I felt like I should be the only one allowed to carry firearms. And so yeah. if, if I had the perfect policy, everyone would be unarmed except for me. But, right. <laughs> but I don't make the laws, so I don't get to do that. But, yeah, so I've been so used to carrying all the time, 24-7 pretty much, uh, that it is weird to suddenly not be armed. Or, you know. Now, you said there's a commission meeting today. What, uh, what is the topic of, of conversation? It's road vacations. Yeah, so it sounds better than it is. <laughs> it's not a vacation. Uh, it's, uh, I think basically the idea is sometimes people can uh, petition the county to have the county stop maintaining a road. Like if you've got a road or something on your property and, and it's like a considered like on the, it's on the cart map as a road mm-hmm. and no one uses it, it doesn't go anywhere except on your property, mm-hmm. um, you can usually say like, hey, I, w- I don't want this to be considered a road anymore. I'd like it just to be now part of my property. Yeah. And so... Sometimes that's met with, with opposition because you might not think the road is useful, but that road might actually offer more access to other people's properties than, than you thought. And mm-hmm. so uh, sometimes people will come in and want to vacate a road, and then there'll be a bunch of people there to oppose the, the vacation of the road. Uh, and so, so, so vacations aren't temporary. They're like, let's vacate the road. Yeah, right. So once yeah. you vacate it, it's basically, that's it. It's off the county books, from uh, my understanding, and then... I don't, I don't know if you can get it on, back on it, because the county at this point is happy to stop maintaining roads. I mean, like you let it go for a year or two and look at it, and like, ah, bear, I better get up to the courthouse and see what I can do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't get the disadvantage, or I don't necessarily get the advantage of getting rid of the county maintenance or responsibility for the road, but maybe it is some way that way you could gate it off. Maybe you know, like you might not be able to close off the road if it's a county road you have to uh, well, wasn't there a case like this about a year ago that had to do with a road that wasn't a road and yeah that that one they they made a county road yeah <laughs> talking about yeah. gravel gate yes yeah that was okay. a reverse one that was a i don't know if it's a vacation it's a recation <laughs> yeah what do you call that yeah and that yeah. had a gate apparently <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> yeah they didn't have a men again they did have a meeting on maybe that. it had never been formally vacated 
Well, that that would be one side story probably on that one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's a lot of if you you can do your research on the Gravelgate stuff, and there are a lot of uh, images of maps and mm -hmm. what the county road network looked like before and after some changes were made to it around the time that the there was the dispute about it. Someone made some changes to the the GIS system in the county t to change it. Maybe the reason it happened is because <clears throat> there was no real definitive answer on planning and zoning and so they just thought well we'll throw some gravel down here and yeah i mean they said they talked to a former road and bridge administrator who that, yeah. who recalled that it had been a county road now there's some dispute about whether or not he said that or whether or not he was thought they were talking about a different road mm -hmm. so yeah it's a mess but again if we just had a public meeting about that it probably all would have been cleared up so <laughs> the good news is this is a public meeting. So, For those of you out there considering a run for county commissioner or even presiding commissioner, these are important things to listen to because we'll give you a crash course in what to do and how to do it rather than, you know, take it upon yourself. And maybe sometimes uh, it would be a good idea for them to consult somebody who knows a little bit more in that particular uh uh, lighthouse to that particular arena. It is nine o'clock. Can you stick around with us a little bit more uh, into the nine o'clock hour? You got a bail? Nope. I can. I can hang out for a little bit. Very good. Uh, Dave Moppin is going to uh, spend some more time with us. It is nine o'clock on the Midwest Coast. We've got Stacy Johnson who is ready to bring us some local information from LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider from Lake TV with a check of sports. Fourteen degrees in beautiful downtown Camdenton on this. Monday morning, the third day of January. It's time for another hour of community-based programming. You're listening to 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, January 3rd. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Camdenton Shop with a Cop event has brought joy to children this holiday season. The Shop with a Cop program pairs a child with a police officer for an afternoon of toy buying, and this year, the Camdenton Shop with a Cop helped 121 local children. Over $10,800 were spent making the holidays brighter for Camdenton kids. Thanks, Camden Police Department, for your good work. Amra, Missouri's Lake of the Ozarks Eagle Days returns this weekend for a day of free fun and learning about the incredible birds of Missouri. This year's Eagle Days will be a one-day event set for Saturday, January 8th, featuring the live bird programs at Osage National Golf Resort and the Encore Lakeside Grill and Sky Bar. Come check it out and get a chance to see some of these incredible Missouri raptors. Local attorney Ryan Bridges has announced his campaign for Camden County Associate Circuit Judge. Bridges made the announcement in a press release that emphasized his legal expertise and participation in community causes. The primary vote for the Associate Circuit Judge for Camden County is set for August 2nd, 2022. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. 
Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Well, the Chiefs' win streak came to an end yesterday, losing in Cincinnati 34-31 on the final play of the game. It ends the Chiefs' eight-game win streak and takes them out of the first spots in the AFC playoff picture. They dropped down to number two behind Tennessee. The Chiefs actually jumped out to a two-touchdown lead early, but they couldn't stop the Bengals' passing game. Jamar Chase set an NFL rookie record with 266 receiving yards and three touchdowns on 11 catches. That was pretty much the difference in the game. The Bengals pick up a third and 27 in the final minutes. That led to their game-winning score. The Chiefs almost had a goal-line stand to force overtime but committed back-to-back penalties on fourth down, and it was over after that. So the Chiefs are still in the playoffs. They've still won their division, but they have lost the number one seed, at least for now, in order to regain that. They will need to beat Denver next week and have Tennessee lose at Houston. And just in case you don't know, Houston is not that good this year, so the odds are against that. College hoops last night, MSU Bears win again. They knock off 10-4 Drake to improve to 10-5 on the season. The Bears are off until Wednesday when they travel to Bradley. Mizzou Tigers will be home to Mississippi State on Wednesday. High school basketball this week, Camdenton and Osage square off tomorrow night, and you can see that game on Lake TV again, Camdenton at Osage on Lake TV. Eldon is uh, busy tomorrow night against Lebanon. Versailles is playing in the Stover Tournament. You can see Versailles coach Jason Oliver featured on this week's high school basketball coaches show on Lake TV every day at 10, 2, and 6, Tuesday through Friday. College football, the uh, last bowl game is tomorrow night. That is LSU and K-State in the Texas Bowl. Of course, the National championship game will go next Monday. That will feature Alabama against Georgia. They both won their national semifinals. The Blues beat the Minnesota Wild in the Winter Classic on New Year's Day. Blues in first place in the Central Division. They'll be in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Be sure to check out KB on TV. KB's show on Lake TV. What's burning? Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. You can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, and streaming live 24-7-365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We offer a large selection of home accessories and gifts in several different styles, several different themes from nautical to contemporary to traditional. Our goal is to bring well-priced products into the Lake of the Ozarks that serve your home accessories and gift-giving needs. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. 
positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. 908, 14 degrees in beautiful Camdenton, Missouri this morning. We're hanging out here at the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5 in Camdenton. As we do each and every Monday through Friday for The Daily Show, and you're always welcome to stop in and see what's shaking or come on by if there's something on your mind. Um, one of the things I will say to folks is now that we're officially into the winter weather season, uh, you might uh, have a closing or a cancellation you want to get out there, always feel free to pick up the phone and give us a call at 573-633-5395. You can use that number to call us as well to uh, talk about what is on your mind, whatever that might be. 41 the high with plenty of sunshine, clear and 28 the low tonight. 48 the expected high tomorrow, a low of 22. We were talking about Lynn Creek off the air. We're going to go, Bill Mulder and myself and Megan Albers, we're going to go out to the old Lynn Creek Cemetery and uh, start up a series over on Lake TV about uh, some of the history around the lake, the uh, Decaturville Crater, things like that, other places of interest. And we're going to start filming tomorrow for that particular uh, series we're going to do on Lake TV. So I'm excited uh, that the uh, high temperature tomorrow is going to be about 48 degrees, 21 the low in a partly cloudy sky. Wednesday, high of 32, a low of 15, partly cloudy. Morning snow showers possible on Thursday, high 18, low of 7 above. Friday, high of 30, a low 23, partly cloudy, then partly cloudy on Saturday, high 50, low 36, partly cloudy on Sunday with a high of 39 and a low of 20 degrees. 573-633-5395. That is the number to call. Questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, something uh, new and exciting for... um, 2022 that uh, get your blood moving boiling flowing whatever feel free to uh, to get on board and talk to us about it dave moppin is here for uh, a bit longer before he has to take off to the road vacating vacation uh commission meeting that's today this is a special meeting it's on monday i guess huh yeah i think they have to do it on a certain like a monday once a quarter or something mm-hmm. like that and so <clears throat> if you're concerned about your road and you'd like it vacated by the county you can show up at the meeting today. Or I don't know if they've already got an agenda and they'll just kind of run down each one of the roads. It might, might not take very long. It might be done in a couple of minutes. It should be pretty quick. Usually it's not. Unless, you know, what always happens is I, you know, I'm debating because sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go to a road vacation one. Right. And then, like, something crazy will happen. Then I get upset that I missed it. So <laughs> it's, it's never. So he just traditionally attends all the meetings. I try. I try to do it. Yes, indeed. So we were going to talk, uh, what, some school board yeah we can talk some school board i also want to mention i got uh, mark mccloskey's uh, christmas card you guys have been talking about christmas cards you got a christmas card from mark yeah, McCloskey. It's, yeah. uh, he's in a smoking jacket and he's uh, milking a cow it looked pretty good cut it out he looks very rural <laughs> smoking jacket <laughs> no, milking a cow I'm lying. i don't know what his card looks but i i try to imagine what mccloskey's card would look like i mean well i'll tell you the uh, He's in a tuxedo, and he's raking leaves in his front yard, maybe. The rural the rural uh, Missouri ad that he did yeah. was kind of hard to swallow. Yep. It was it was very hard to swallow, and I, a lot of people said that as well. I, I mentioned they, it. <laughs> they said that uh, it just it, he just doesn't, you know, after seeing him in his front yard there in front of that big house, Mark McCloskey, rural Missourian, doesn't, it, it, that's a hard, uh, that's a, a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I mean. 
you you clean out your chicken coop wearing loafers and corduroys, right? Isn't Absolutely. Right? <laughs> no, I've got somebody that does that for me. <laughs> so does redistricting get us out of the Missouri U.S. Senate district? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or are we stuck with it? Yeah, I mean, I imagine Vicky Vicky Hartzler's uh, Christmas card. I'm guessing that she's wearing a red leather coat or jacket, whatever that thing ah, she, yeah, yeah, she yeah. wears that every <laughs> single picture I've ever seen her. Uh-huh. So even when she came to the CCRC, she had it on. So I'm guessing that would be on. Well, you okay. buy a nice piece of clothing, you like to get your money's worth. That's right. She yeah. has, unless she has like five of them hanging up in her closet. You know, now see, that makes more sense. Yeah. That I mean, makes more sense. Who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fashion Maybe she just horse. looks good in red. You know, she just, she's all about red. Now, did, did one of you actually get a Christmas card from a politician this year? Bill, were you just joking around? You no, can't no. Well, I have a bunch of cards, and they're yeah. mostly commercial kind of cards. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's something like a Josh Holly card in there or something. Oh. I think my, my wife is a fan of Josh. 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 Did you guys have to pay like $1,000 to get that card? <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you know, that's interesting, though. If you think about it, the breakdown there. Let, let's, let, let's look at this for just a second here. So it costs X amount of dollars to attend a dinner. What's it about a thousand bucks a plate, something like that? Yeah, I think it was. If you wanted a table, it was like two grand. If you can't afford that, then they've got other options for you. You know, they've got the Holly sweatshirt. Sure. They've got the T-shirt. Uh, normally, the T-shirts run about twenty bucks. The hoodies they run about forty. Mm. So, you're, and then if you want to, if you want to be on the Christmas card list, that'll cost you. About 10 bucks or something like that. I bought one of the toothpicks for $5. <laughs> <laughs> if it's used, it's seven fifty. <laughs> it was still in its wrapper. He signed it. It was nice. It was very touching. He yeah. signed his toothpick. Yeah. He initialed, I only initialed it. It's only a toothpick. But yeah, I had a friend who was out in California, and he, uh, Josh Hawley was out there. I guess he was whining and dining. He had a big fundraiser out in California for some Republicans, and they were paying like, I think $2,000 each to meet him for, mm-hmm. the, for like just a dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck is he doing all the way out there? Do you get a shake and a howdy, a selfie maybe? Yep, there was a photo. My friend sent me a photo, so it's yeah. confirmed. Well, it, it's probably tough to get a Republican elected in California. Right, so. that's what it, so they know there's people out there that want to give money. They want to mm-hmm. give money to anybody. So, right. uh, But again, that's always one of my complaints about Josh. He's a traveling man. Well, he might not have been raising money for himself. He might have been trying to help somebody out in California. Yeah, I don't think so. I no? think he was pretty much fundraising. But, but that's it. I mean, they, and we've, we've talked about it here before, too. They had that event over at the winery that got canceled. But I was kind of curious if anybody was going to buy tickets to that thing. I don't know why they canceled it. So mm. Due to lack of interest or yeah. just to, for the sure fact that people didn't feel like paying that uh, amount of money? To I, nobody at this table was. No, <laughs> it's kind of hard to make the big bucks in, at Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. Well, it's like a meet and greet with, say, for example, Ted Nugent. It's five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, and, and and I think he prices it that that high, so people won't they won't do it. You know, th- th- there might be a few people he has to do the meet and greet with. Politicians aren't that way. They want as many people as possible, but then they don't really charge down to earth prices. Well, that, yeah, maybe that's the strategy. It's like you're going to a ball game. If you buy ten dollars seats, you're going to be sitting with other people who can pay ten dollars for a seat. Sometimes you have a better, <laughs> sometimes yep. you have a better experience if you just suck it up and it, pay a little bit more. Is there still a ten dollars seat? Yeah, I think like out in the bleachers, probably. Yeah, maybe some cheap seats. But again, that's who you're. If you're out there with a bunch of parolees, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about the school district. Uh, we we'd mentioned some of the stuff for school, of the Osage, just because I hadn't been able to mention it last time, but. Um, 
we, we talked a little bit about the social emotional learning mm -hmm. and I brought handouts and everybody appreciated my handouts. Um, but I wanted to mention too, that there are two, uh, ladies who are running for the school board for school, of the Osage, it's Stacy Neal and Kelly Frisella. So, um, these are new members that are going to be going for the seats. There's uh, one seat that's being vacated. I think his name's Dale Law is stepping down from the school board. Mm -hmm. And another guy, Derek Steen, I think is his name, is running as an incumbent to get reelected. So, I mean, this is a school board for the past couple years has voted unanimously in every single vote to support their superintendent. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good to maybe get some different viewpoints on a board like that. That's, you'd like to see some kind of the occasional six to one or five to two, not have it be seven zero every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just want to bring that up. Uh, there is a school board meeting coming up on January 10th for school of the Osage at 6 PM. I don't know whether it's going to be in the, uh, the the gymnatorium or mm. the auditasium <laughs> or whatever that room is called mm. the, <laughs> the the big giant <laughs> basketball court uh so it'll be interesting if they put it back in the uh tiny little boardroom uh -huh. or if they put it back into the big open room where all the people can wear their t-shirts and and mm. send a yeah. message right so it used to be historically school boards were kind of like cheerleaders for the school district and that's that developed over a long period of time back when school districts were really local. And now it's becoming more necessary for school boards to be a check and balance against the uh, the kind of top-down monstrosity that the public school has become. Yeah, I think the one thing they're going to have to adjust to also, uh, this school board in particular, as I've noticed just from going to a couple meetings, is uh, they need to be more formal in how they talk about things. I think yeah. previously it was kind of casual and they yeah, can just chit chatty chit -chat. because they were in a boardroom but now you're in a public meeting and if we're going to really run it like a public meeting that means uh the things you say have to be clear uh mm -hmm. people have to be able to hear what you're saying so we're going to have they're going to have to make an adjustment to that yeah if they're going to be in the gymnasium <laughs> room instead yeah. of that little room the archive room wherever it was but that's it so i just wanted to mention too that those uh those are two uh gals who have they have kids in the school district, their parents, uh, they're running for school board. So definitely think about that. Mm -hmm. um, and it'd be nice. I think it, the, basically the way it works is because there's two spots, the two highest vote getters will be basically elected into the school board. Mm -hmm. So I think the people who support the school board and the superintendent are maybe a little concerned right now about change. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think they want change. I think they want things to just keep going the way they've been going. So I think it'd be nice to kind of get some, some new eyes in there to kind of see what's going on. And Yeah, it's kind of change is important. Change is necessary and having a check and balance against what's been, obviously, uh, when you consider what's happened recently. Right. And, and the thing is, so if you're a, a maroon shirter who wants to come out and support whatever you're supporting and try to, like, be a big block of people... Um, I'd have to ask, like, what's the big deal about having a couple new people on the school board? Mm -hmm. um, one or two people are not going to suddenly change the way the school board votes. They're not a majority. It's just a couple people who can maybe give us some insight into some of these things that are going on at the mm -hmm. school board. It's not a threat to the way th things have been in the past. It's simply trying to get a couple new faces onto the school board so maybe we can get... Because, frankly, apparently, nobody knew that any of this was happening. Right. And... It's a little suspicious that all that it required was one parent to basically get up and say, hey, wait a second, what's going on with this panorama thing? Mm -hmm. And suddenly they're like, oh, 
it, it's almost suspicious. Busted. <laughs> yeah, it makes me it makes me more suspicious how quickly they dropped it as mm-hmm. opposed to being like, well, you know, we understand, but we have. It was like the, they were like, oh no, they immediately dumped it. it. Made it sound like they knew they were doing something s- sneaky wrong. Right. It, it's it's the cop equivalent to when you stop someone and the first thing they tell you is, this isn't my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing somebody else's jacket. Or these uh-huh. I had one person tell me, these aren't my jeans. Before you search me, I just went, I'm like, make sure you search those jeans. Because <laughs> there's definitely something in those jeans. <laughs> so, so uh, mm. yeah, so it, it, it is weird that they, they suddenly dropped it so quickly. Uh, and, and I think they were hoping that would just satisfy everyone and then everyone would be like, okay, well, we're just going to go back now to just reading the newsletters and, mm-hmm. and get the emails we get from the superintendent. And, you know, she'll be more careful about, oh, I better not put Panorama in this thing. I'll do a word search for Panorama every time I send out one of these emails because <laughs> 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 I want to make sure I don't trigger these parents. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, I, I think that we've talked about it before. Osage parents kind of had this feeling always that, our district was something we didn't have to worry about. It mm-hmm. was Osage, like Camdenton. Yeah, they they got all these issues. School of the Osage is is great. We trust what's going on. We tr- we liked how they handled COVID, and uh, so we had, there was trust, and the trust is gone. I think I think mm-hmm. now we realize we do have to pay attention to what's going on. Um, there are other issues that came up too, like uh, Osage went to a four day school week this year. And when it came out at first, when, when we first were in the district, it was like a Monday online day and then a four-day in-person week. And then they said they put out a survey for parents. They could either have a five-day school week, a four-day school week, or keep it the way it was with a four-day school week and an online day. Uh-huh. And then when they said the four-day school week got voted in, I was like shocked that the parents had in the survey had picked that. Yeah, they need daycare. Right. Like, I haven't talked to a single Osage parent they're all, we're all surprised. Like, I don't know a single OSH parent who wasn't surprised that we went to a four-day school week. Right. Because, yeah, it's, if both parents work, I mean, the, one of the biggest complaints about the, the Monday online schedule was parents had to deal with childcare. Mm-hmm. So you would think, of course, then when we get a choice, all the parents are going to say, hey, let's go back to a five-day school week because then we don't have to hassle with, and, and they provided some alternatives. I think you could drop your kids off at the church or there was a church that was providing daycare during the same time there you go that's where every kid wants to go (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah so it's it it, that was another thing that really surprised i think a lot of parents are kind of annoyed by that four-day school week thing Mm -hmm. because it made the the days longer and it made the school year longer it wasn't just that they could say okay we're just going to go to a Mm -hmm. four-day week so now the kids have to go to school earlier they have to stay later so yeah and the year is longer okay Plus, we still have all the fun of the online stuff where, like, your kid can get an assignment on a Friday night and they're like, it's due midnight on Friday. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what are the football players doing? Like, you might have a game today uh-huh. and at, like, 5 p.m. you got a homework assignment that's due. Like, how can an assignment be due midnight on Friday right. when you're not technically in school? Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's weird the way they're, they're doing it. The, so technically the kids aren't supposed to be in school on Monday. I think the teachers still work on Monday. I don't know. Maybe they're working on like their social emotional learning lesson plans or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but like the kids aren't there; they're not supposed to be in school. Yet they do have assignments that they might have to do. So it's kind of not fair for the kids. They're going to school longer, and yet they're still getting assignments online mm-hmm. or, or virtually that they have to do. I don't know. So I'm, I'm looking out for you, kids. <laughs> I, I I feel your pain. Well, now at one point, the high school I attended in St. Louis. 
they had uh, morning classes and evening classes. And I, I don't know how they determined who went at what time. Other than to say it would probably make sense to, you know, you have one group on one side of town, they go in the morning, and the other group, so, you know, you're not having to pick up and drop off. Like the, the, the kids being picked up in front of their driveways or the buses. One bus stop, either one end of the street or the other end of the street, not Johnny gets picked up at his house, Janie at her house, and so on down the line. And and then Bill was all about the newsletter too, so we won't we won't get into that. One of the fascinating things, and I'm I'm being sarcastic, uh, that I got to listen to at the meeting was discussion of snow routes, right? So they kind of do that when there's they have a snow route plan where the parents take their kids to uh, central locations right. and then the buses pick them up there. It's like Can't a do bus, that any other time. It's like a bus stop. Yeah. Right. So basically that's right. what we do. That's what we always had. We had bus stops, you know, so you didn't have to stop in front of every kid's house. But I understand sometimes the way the, you know, the lay of the land and, well, you know, if you've got to do it for this one, you got to do it for the, these kids over here too. You know, you can't make any special exceptions. Or the, the challenge, I think, is that attendance at Osage isn't great already. It's already not, a, they don't have a great attendance record. So when they do try to have uh, school during those types of days, the kids just don't go. So you can hmm. try to do snow routes or you can try to do stuff like that when the weather's bad. The parents just won't. Hmm. I didn't know that was an option of just don't yeah, they go. Just don't go. Yeah. It's like college. Yeah, just don't so. go. Well, is it like uh, <laughs> at some point there's like your true the you know truancy or something like that? Yeah, I want to say they they had an their attendance rate was like eighty percent. You know they have a stat for the school, hmm. so uh, it's not great. I mean that's like yeah. I thought you used to have to go to school. That was kind of a rule, but you know I guess you can homeschool and stuff. But I don't know why kids can just. This is again what we're talking about. Not all the kids are, are coming from homes that are super supportive of going mm, to school sure. and stuff like that. So parents might be like, whatever, do what you want. And then mm. the kid just doesn't go to school. I don't know. See, I grew up in a different era. I keep on saying that. It, it, I used to not be old. But when I was a kid, um, I remember there was a couple of years we only had half a day school because they were in the process of building a new school. And so we had to have some people go in the morning and some people go in the afternoon until the new school was built. And it was not really an issue because kids just stayed home or for a half a day because either mom was at home or kids were home alone because it wasn't a problem because there was no, nothing, no fear about anything. Yeah, my school was... It was Ozzy and Harriet days. It was like you didn't lock your cars, right. didn't lock your houses, kids stayed home alone. It was no big deal. This is going to sound like a, like one of these t tales you tell your kids, but my school was two miles from my house. Mm -hmm. And if you lived outside of two miles, they had a bus that would pick you up. So I had to walk two miles to school and two miles back. Uh, <laughs> nah, yeah. come on. No, seriously. Nah. I'm telling you kids, kids, circle around. <laughs> Uncle Dave's going to tell you how it was. Uh -huh. But yeah, it was like, and my parents were just like, whatever, bye. Like... Yeah. Don't leave your coat at school. Like right. it was basically like they didn't th there was there was no paranoia about stuff. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, you just kind of did it. You walked. My parents weren't going to drive me to school. That wasn't happening. Right. Kids were taught how to be responsible at an early age, much more so than now. And sure, occasionally kids disappeared. And nobody ever heard of, <laughs> about them again. But <laughs> they, they weren't very good kids anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't have the social media. We didn't know about it. Now we find out about what happened to all those kids. But well, no. <clears throat> it's like when you're a kid, they give you all the ground rules. And if you screw up, you screw up. It's like what I said earlier. Yeah. And also, in the, back in those days, I was walking four miles every day. So if somebody did try to grab me, I was pretty good at running. I yeah. Good, <laughs> good wind. You, you were fit. <laughs> good luck. You better hit me with that. You didn't have to worry about childhood obesity going to that school. That's right. Yeah. 
Because those kids that lived... Uh, well, back in the old days, we didn't know why you'd want to steal a kid. That's right. <laughs> we wanted to get rid of a kid. That's, it's, yeah, it's so much better now, now that we know. <laughs> well, I guess it's all in where you grew up, in what area you grew up in. I lived about a mile from school. I walked every day, and if the weather was bad, maybe. I mean, if it was bad, it would have to be like torrential downpour, sub-zero, you know, like that kid... Uh, in Christmas story that sticks his tongue to the light post. They oh, told yeah. him not to do it. It's not going to stick. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of weather. Because I remember um, my mom went with some of her girlfriends on vacation. And uh, I stayed at my grandma's house. And my grandma lived about, well, about a mile from where I did. And so we'd walk over to grandma's all the time. But I remember there was a stretch of weather where it was just cold every morning. And my grandma, God love her, she'd come in and she'd say, now, you don't worry about going to school today. You just stay in bed where it's warm. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then my mom gets back from vacation and gets a note from the school. Uh, apparently your son was, uh, you know, not in school for uh, five days uh, this particular time. And then I'm like, well, Grandma said it was okay. She said stay home. It's too cold to walk to school. Hmm. I'm not going to disobey Grandma. No <laughs> way. That's good. You're a good grandson. Yeah. Huh. So it just kind of depends on certain stuff. But I, I will say again. I don't know. Maybe I was watching. You ever watch Forensic Files? All the time. Do I? Yeah. There was one on the other night, and I found it interesting because the girl, uh, the mother gave the girl a letter, and the girl was on her bike, and she told her, can you just ride down to the post office, or the post, you know, the box, mailbox, and drop this off for mom? And she's like, sure, no problem. Well, she didn't come back, and then, you know, they had the whole big deal. But this was back, I guess it had to be back, like in the late 70s, maybe early 80s. When, you know, parents would still do stuff like that. Hey, can you run down to the store and grab a, you know, gallon of milk or a quart of milk or whatever you need to do? Get on your bike. And, you know, for kids, that was, you know, that was, they yeah, trust me. Every Saturday morning, I had to go get a gallon of milk from the, the corner store. Mm-hmm. And that was like probably three quarters. Nothing was close, I guess, where I lived. It was three quarters <laughs> of a mile probably. And, like, inevitably, like probably... A, 25% of the time, by the time I was almost home, I would drop the milk or something in the road and then have to go get more money and go back and get it because it would bust open. Because mm. I'd be reading a comic book or something while I was walking and yeah, not paying attention. not paying attention. But yeah, back then. You know, the interesting thing, too, is so we've got all these, uh, you know, all these mysteries, these crimes that weren't solved. Uh, but the mitochondrial DNA they can do now, mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating how many cases they're actually solving where they had, you know, they, they, maybe the guy never had a DNA sample on file, but they can they can kind of look at uh, they basically the DNA sample they have, and then they have these DNA databases that I guess are through like Ancestry.com or some of these other companies mm. where people mm. submit uh. the DNA. And so while the guy might not have given a DNA sample, if one of his relatives gave a DNA sample, they can then go Ooh. through that and extrapolate and figure out who the guy is. Well, like a murder mystery they haven't been able to solve for like 20 years. Oh, yeah, they're solving tons of them. And then guys yeah. that were, were uh, put in jail, you know, like there was a guy that was uh, convicted. He had been in jail for like nine years, and then they finally realized that he, he didn't lie. He, he was not the guy that did it. Hmm. Dave, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Uh, get on down to that uh, commission meeting and report back promptly. We'll thank see you. Uh, thanks for having me. If you want to, I don't know if you want to come in on Friday. If you're Sure. All right, well, we'll yeah. get you back in here on Friday. Should you have three meetings then to talk about? I got to look. <laughs> I, I do have a link. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, there's not a lot going on this week, but whatever. I'll come in. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. We'll see you on Friday in the 9 o'clock hour. Dave Boppin, Among the Dogwoods, is the blog you want to check out. 9.31 is our time, and uh, you can uh, get caught up on some local events, local happenings. 
Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source, as well as Chris Schneider from Lake TV with a check of sports on the key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, January 3rd. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Camden and Shop with a Cop event has brought joy to children this holiday season. The Shop with a Cop program pairs a child with a police officer for an afternoon of toy buying, and this year, the Camden and Shop with a Cop helped 121 local children. Over $10,800 were spent making the holidays brighter for Camden and kids. Thanks, Camden Police Department, for your good work. Amron, Missouri's Lake of the Ozarks Eagle Days returns this weekend for a day of free fun and learning about the incredible birds of Missouri. This year's Eagle Days will be a one-day event set for Saturday, January 8th, featuring the live bird programs at Osage National Golf Resort and the Encore Lakeside Grill and Sky Bar. Come check it out and get a chance to see some of these incredible Missouri raptors. Local attorney Ryan Bridges has announced his campaign for Camden County Associate Circuit Judge. Bridges made the announcement in a press release that emphasized his legal expertise and participation in community causes. The primary vote for the Associate Circuit Judge for Camden County is set for August 2nd, 2022. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Well, the Chiefs' win streak came to an end yesterday, losing in Cincinnati 34-31 on the final play of the game. It ends the Chiefs' eight-game win streak and takes them out of the first spots in the AFC playoff picture. They dropped down to number two behind Tennessee. The Chiefs actually jumped out to a two-touchdown lead early, but they couldn't stop the Bengals' passing game. Jamar Chase set an NFL rookie record with 266 receiving yards and three touchdowns on 11 catches. That was pretty much the difference in the game. The Bengals pick up a third and 27 in the final minutes. That led to their game-winning score. The Chiefs almost had a goal-line stand to force overtime, but committed back-to-back penalties on fourth down, and it was over after that. So the Chiefs are still in the playoffs. They've still won their division, but they have lost the number one seed, at least for now, in order to regain that. They will need to beat Denver next week and have Tennessee lose at Houston 
And just in case you don't know, Houston is not that good this year, so the odds are against that. College hoops last night, MSU Bears win again. They knock off 10-4 and Drake to improve to 10-5 and on the season. The Bears are off until Wednesday when they travel to Bradley. Mizzou Tigers will be home to Mississippi State on Wednesday. High school basketball this week, Camdenton and Osage square off tomorrow night, and you can see that game on Lake TV again, Camdenton at Osage on Lake TV. Eldon is uh, busy tomorrow night against Lebanon. Versailles is playing in the Stover Tournament. You can see Versailles coach Jason Oliver featured on this week's High School Basketball Coaches Show on Lake TV every day at 10, 2, and 6, Tuesday through Friday. College football, the uh, last bowl game is tomorrow night. That is LSU and K-State in the Texas Bowl. Of course, the national championship game will go next Monday. That will feature Alabama against Georgia. They both won their national semifinals. The Blues beat the Minnesota Wild in the Winter Classic on New Year's Day. Blues in first place in the Central Division. They'll be in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Be sure to check out KB on TV. KB's show on Lake TV. What's burning? Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. You can watch Lake Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, and streaming live 24-7, 365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. 938, thank you for joining us on The Daily Show. And uh, Happy New Year to you and your families and friends and everybody. Had a nice, quiet uh, New Year, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. It was nice and quiet. Watched the Chiefs lose yesterday. It wasn't as quiet around the house, but yeah. we got through it. You know, it's anymore. I look back at all the times when I used to get that upset about watching sports. Like, uh, you know, uh, there were some calls toward the end of the game yesterday, and a lot of people thought, well, you know, it's those doggone refs. They're getting involved in the game. Well, when you give up a third and 27, I don't really think it makes uh, all that much difference in the world. How uh, how the refs are doing, what kind of calls they're making when you give up a third and 27. I mean, come on. And you had the goal line stance uh, in that Chiefs game a couple of times yesterday. And, oh, guess what? They, you know, had some penalties there. So 
they were their own worst enemy in the game. They had uh, at one point, uh, were they up 14 uh, nothing, and then it was 14-7, then it was 21-7, then it was 21-14, then it was, tw- I think it was like 28-14 at the half, something like that. And, I, I, you know, anymore, like I said, I'm too old to be getting upset <clears throat> over, you know, the way a football game turns out or a baseball game or a hockey game or any of that. I mean, I guess may, maybe it'd be a little different if you had money on the game. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 20 degrees in uh, Camdenton right now, and we are looking for a high today of around 41. Low tonight uh, of about 27, 28 degrees. And we uh, would love to hear from you this morning at uh, 573-633-5395. Again, our thanks today, Boppin, for coming in. 41 the high, 28 the low, clear through the period today. Partly cloudy tomorrow, high 48, low 21, 32 the high on Wednesday, low 15, partly cloudy. Uh, Morning snow showers, high of 18, low of 7 above, then 30 for the high on Friday, 50 the high on Saturday, 39 the high on, uh, on Sunday. I guess I'm just getting old. I mean, I like to do things. I like to get out. I like to hang out with family and friends. But the older I, I've become, the more I don't like to stray away from the uh, the homestead. Hmm. Okay. I looked, you know, speaking of weather and homestead, I guess, I was looking at the extended forecast, and it really doesn't look like anything very interesting happens through the middle of January. And January is our kind of winter here in the Ozarks, Right. By the time February um, comes around, it's anything can happen. <coughs> well, it, it can happen in January and then uh, mm. February, and I mean you can get snow well into. I mean I remember being in a Cardinal baseball game opening day. Uh, it was in April, and it snowed. Sure. Yeah. <coughs> but nobody expects it to stick around. It's just kind of a novelty. Well, it's like when it comes, how much are we going to get, and are the temperatures going to be conducive enough mm. for this stuff to melt and be on its way? Yeah, I think the extreme cold, though, is January, and February You can is probably when we have a lot of snowstorms, but it's kind of like one of those transitory things. I, I think of February as the start of spring around here. Yeah. Maybe I'm just optimistic. February? Yeah. yeah you, you're pretty optimistic, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. But well, in, mm. With the new year upon us, there's no better time to explore how one of our most famous presidents might have drifted into the orbit of one of our most famous mythical, they say in parentheses, beasts, Theodore Roosevelt, Theodore, Uh Teddy, who emerged on the American landscape as a symbol of exuberant, Mm. some might say manic, masculinity, before tumbling into the presidency as a consequence of his predecessor's assassination, was an active outdoorsman for nearly his entire life. He not only loved hiking, camping, and shooting big animals, with high-powered firearms, he loved writing about those experiences. His books included The Wilderness Hunter, Hunting Trips of a Ranchman, and Ranch Life and the Hunting Trail. goes on to say that in The uh, Wilderness Hunter, now some people call him Roosevelt. It's actually Roosevelt, I think is how you pronounce Roosevelt. it. Roosevelt? Yeah, because there's two O's like goose. Uh-huh, sure. Describes a peculiar incident with a Native American guide while hunting in uh, this uh, Selkirk mountain range, which extends through Idaho into eastern Washington state. Um, It says uh, this uh, person objected strongly to leaving the neighborhood of the lake. He went uh, the first day's journey willingly enough, but after that it was increasingly difficult to get him along. 
and he gradually grew sulky. Finally, he gave, uh, gave us to understand that he was afraid because up in the high mountains, there were little bad Indians who would kill him if they were caught, if they caught him alone, especially at night. At first, we thought he was speaking of stray warriors of the Blackfeet tribe, but it turned out he was not thinking of human beings at all, but hobgoblins. You know what a hobgoblin is, right? Indeed, uh, it says here, uh, the night sounds of these great stretches of mountain woodland were very weird and strange. I never before saw well understood, or so well understood, why the people who live in uh, lonely forest regions are prone to believe in elves, wood spirits, and other beings of uh, an unseen world. Apparently, he was uh, into the whole Bigfoot thing. <laughs> well, hobgoblins are not Bigfoot. Bigfoot are big. Well, but he al- was also into the Bigfoot thing. Uh-huh. So Anyway, okay. but thank you for the clarification. I appreciate that. <laughs> so did he ever see Bigfoot? Uh, he, they talk about going out here, and this kind of goes on forever, but essentially they talk about him getting out there and actually uh, hunting and looking for him and, and things. Uh, uh, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I was just kind of curious how the Bigfoot legend uh, developed itself and, and got into the whole deal. And um, It th- seems to be a mountainous region thing. It's kind of like the Yetis, the abominable snowmen and back in Asia. Well, now, there is Bigfoot in Missouri documentary explores sightings near Mark Twain Forest. Well, we have hills, I guess. Is Bigfoot lurking in the forests of Missouri? I think just about anywhere you go, they've got some sort of a, a beast, whether it's uh, something that lives in a lake somewhere, uh, Ogopogo, or if it lives uh, yep, on land somewhere, they've got a lot of different ones that uh, they talk about. Uh, in, in New York State, we have Champ from Lake Champlain. I see. He's like a Loch Ness Monster kind of being. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, but I, I always find it interesting, and who, somebody else who, who we've had on this program here has kind of a, a really good Bigfoot story to tell, and he's, I've heard him tell it a couple of times, and it leaves people scratching their heads, and that's hmm. Danny Ellison. Oh, okay. He was out with somebody else, and they were driving around. I, I forgot exactly where they were, uh, but it was late at night, and they saw something, and it, uh, you know. My uh, my thing is when you talk about like something like Bigfoot, how they have that one film, that one guy that was able to catch it on film walking away, yeah, and how, how uh, the gate uh, is, uh, and how yeah. walks and looks over its shoulder, uh-huh, yeah. and everything like that. Um, and then uh, you got the guys. Now they get the uh, plaster cast of the feet. Mm-hmm. Well, then there was a guy who made the molds of the feet, and used to run around in the woods with them on ah. to mess with people. Right. But uh, some of the stuff you kind of have to wonder about. Now, I've seen some of those films. There was a, a film somebody had made that Bigfoot was sitting up on, like, this ledge, this rock ledge, you know, just sitting there, uh-huh. kind of like you would maybe if you were, uh, say, sitting on a bridge and you had your feet hanging over and you were watching the river pass underneath you on the bridge, and he's kind of kicking his feet back and forth. <laughs> yeah. A rather playful version. And then I've seen the, uh, there's footage out of a Bigfoot with uh, the babies. So I don't know if that's mom taking him for a mm-hmm. walk or yeah. her dad taking him for a walk. Right. Yep. But. Uh, yeah, the famous one is the looking over the shoulder one, but, yeah. That's supposed to be the most authentic. And then, of course, they've examined it from all different angles and, 
is that really how Bigfoot walks and is that really what Bigfoot looks like? And then they found the Yeti, you know, the skulls, and they found them up there, uh, you know, around uh, Mount Everest and mm-hmm. places like that. But it's almost interesting how something like that could even survive in the first place. In, in some place that's so bloody cold. Yeah, there's also those um, Siberian tigers that, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know. Why Snow would, leopards. Yeah, why would tigers go up into that cold environment? Do not know. What do they hunt for up there? Uh, maybe they're vegetarians. Uh. <laughs> They'd almost have to be. <laughs> or, or antelopes or something. They don't get a whole lot of food to eat. But my point with all of this is, is do you believe in Bigfoot? Do you think Bigfoot, do you think there are things that exists because they say, well, you know, as long as we've been trying to find this somewhat mythical beast, uh, you know, we've never found, like, one dead in the woods. Mm-hmm, and, right. and nobody's ever stumbled across one of these things in the woods. And you would think, you know, our, our world is essentially getting smaller because we have more and more ways of, you know, invading or, or, or invasive methods that get us deeper into the forest where... We don't have to leave our home. There's satellites and things like that that can take pictures and track movement, and uh, they can pick up heat signatures and things along those lines. But uh, I think it would uh, it would be interesting uh, if, if we have any people out there that uh, have seen Bigfoots, just like UFOs. I mean, just like you know, alien abductions and all yeah. that other stuff. There still are a lot of remote areas, though. I, I followed for a while a search for something called Ropen which were um, flying dinosaurs, flying reptiles. Right. In uh, Papua New Guinea is one of the, the favorite hangouts for those things. And again, that's a very, uh, I- even though it's an island, there's just a lot of isolated tribal people who live in central Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, Papua yeah. New, yeah. And a lot of the uh, our local missionaries go over to PNG. Right. That's kind of one of the, f- the favorite missionary places. So yeah. there's actually a missionary who uh, a few years ago was doing a, on the side doing a search for these ropen creatures. Uh-huh. You mentioned something like that, and I was watching. I guess it was on Saturday night. There was. I, I guess it's the the most recent Jurassic Park movie to come out. And. They go to the island where the animals are at, and they load up all the animals, the mm-hmm. dinosaurs, and they bring uh-huh. them back, and then they sell them to the highest bidder. Okay. <laughs> so everything goes crazy, and, and finally, toward the end of the movie, uh, they're in this containment area, and this containment area is being flooded by cyanide gas, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't know what to do, because they could either let the cyanide gas kill them all, or they could press the little red button, and it opens the door, and they all run out. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking to myself, now, whoever came up with this movie, the concept of this movie, yeah. would have to think that, okay, we want to let them free. They want to run free, except the fact that they would be hunted down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially like a Tyrannosaurus Rex or a raptor yeah, yeah. Or, or just about any of these animals. They, right. They'd hunt them down and kill them. But no, here we are after they hit the little red button and all the animals get out. And there's a relationship that one of the characters in the movie has with one of the raptors because, you know, he was there. He has uh, a relationship with a raptor. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, dude, you're, you're scaring me this morning. But, uh, you know, uh, they helped the raptor that he helped train or whatever came back and killed the super raptor that they created or whatever. But he still runs off in the woods. So then, 
you see uh, they're driving down. It's almost like the coastal highway in California, right? Mm-hmm. And you look off to the uh, the left, and they're driving along. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. He's driving an old classic Jeep, probably older than mine, but in much better shape. But he looks over, and they all look over, and there's, a, there's you know, the tri- uh, not triceratops. Um, ter- ter- pterodactyl, Pterodactyl, probably. that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, pterodactyl. There's like three of them just flying along, no uh-huh. big deal, yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. And then you see that raptor that got, got away, and he's just kind of running around doing his own thing. And they're talking about how we have to adapt now that these dinosaurs, and they, they had a, I don't know, maybe 20 or so of these dinosaurs, all different species. And they just kind of get loose and, well, now we have to deal with it. We, we don't go out and kill them. We don't go out and trap them or try to put them back on the island or whatever. Yeah. We just let them roam free. This is a kinder age. And, and, we, and, we can and we'll, see how, we'll see how things we, work out, you know? Yeah. You know, let's say you're driving a convertible, you're sitting at a stoplight, all of a sudden here comes Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex, yanks you out of your uh, yeah. yanks you out of your convertible and bites you in half. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, we we've got to live with that sort but of thing now. You'd also want to be careful about that pterodactyl flying overhead, you know, when you're in your convertible. Got a fifty cal, that uh, pterodactyl's <laughs> going down, man. That yeah. pterodactyl is going down. Um, you know, I think that um I think it would be interesting to see how man could coexist with dinosaurs right now. Well, if they were smaller ones, you know, <laughs> those those. Why didn't why, why those do they little, have to be smaller? Those they, little raptors are. They can't be like cute, a giant brontosaurus know? that comes know. over and kind of like a deer who cleans your shrubs off. This one would clean the top of your tree off. Yeah. <laughs> the veggie eaters are okay. I there guess. would be certain species that are you know that, that are just going to go out and, and eat all of your trees, uh-huh. as opposed to other ones that that would. Uh, I don't know. I think about this stuff. That's why I'm bringing are, it up today. You know, there are pictures uh, in China of um, the Chinese people used to have trained dinosaurs that they'd use to haul things around. You know, like they'd have a brontosaurus and they'd use it to, you know, pull a wagon or something. It's kind of like the original, uh, you know, bulldozer kind of concept. Like the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where, you know, I mean, the, 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 the Chinese had those dragon legends and some people think that dragons were actually alive and i think even marco polo reported um, a place where he saw dragons marco polo had elephants though yeah he did have elephants getting through the mountains which was kind of tough uh-huh, yeah. keep, keep an elephant on that little tiny trail <laughs> without it going over the yeah. side i don't know here lately and i don't know why I, because i think I, I've always hoped that, you know, UFOs did exist and that someday I'd be alive to see a UFO visit the visit the United States <laughs> in the form of, you know, it, it pulls up in front of Capitol Hill. Land or on the United Nations building or whatever, something. Whatever, yeah. you know. Or, you know, some people say that the, uh, the UFOs are already among us and the aliens are already among us. They've, mm. they've been here. Or they, if you ever watch that show on the History Channel, Ancient Aliens, that they've already visited us because you can tell... By the various statues and the various uh, uh, dwellings and buildings and, and uh, a lot of the art that they, you know, uh, that the people back in those days uh, put together. And it, it looks like some sort of a space being wearing a helmet. Uh, or, yeah, yeah. But in uh, that... Um, you have all those amazing feats of... Uh, Engineering too, to, uh, yeah. uh, you know, like uh, on Easter, Easter Island, Island, all of yeah. those uh, monoliths there that they have no idea how people could have moved them. Yeah, Easter uh, Easter Island, mm-hmm. um, Stonehenge, uh, the pyramids. I mean, the pyramids were a, a, a pretty good, you know, example of 
people uh, living beyond their means, it seems like, in terms uh-huh, of, the, yeah. of the engineering capability. But I've always found that stuff to be rather interesting. Sure. And I don't know, you know, the aliens came in, they saw what was going on. They said, we'll help you folks out a little bit. Uh, you know, thanks for having us over. Toodaloo. You know, that's uh-huh. it. That's all there ain't no more. Yeah. And then, of course, during the nuclear age, when we first got into the Cold War, there were a lot of movies, B-movies, science fiction movies made about, you know, uh, the nuclear holocaust and the nuclear disasters oh, and what yeah. would happen. And what the radiation could cause. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, what was it uh, where they, w- they tested a nuclear bomb and it was picked up by this alien race and they came to the... Uh, they came to Earth, and they were trying to warn us about the, uh, uh, you know, the harm that it would cause, and that oh, you know, if that we continued. Was that the day the Earth stood still? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Which was then remade, yep. like they do with everything else, <laughs> yeah. into something much lamer than the original. Well, <laughs> it was it was a it was a, a message about you know, uh, nuclear weapons and and uh, yeah, reform your ways yeah. before we exterminate you if all. we have to you know if you don't listen to what we're telling you we're going to come back and annihilate everything mm-hmm. on this planet yeah and it'll just be a big rock in space uh-huh. i don't know i just find those sorts of things interesting yeah well i actually watched the remake of the day the earth stood still recently and it, it was um it was the same but different better science fi- or better better graphics oh for sure yes but there's something charming about those old uh, 50s movies well, it's it, it it's interesting to think that there were people back then, like we have today, people that were about saving the environment and doing things to benefit the planet, and and maybe back then people didn't necessarily look at it that way, you know. Now people like say mm, somebody like a Donald Trump or something like that who they consider a kook, you know. Some people consider a kook, or people who speak out against COVID and you know I'm not wearing a mask and I'm not getting the shot. That person, or, or some of the things that they talk about as far as COVID, what could happen to you are conspiracy theorists. I wonder if those people back then weren't looked upon as the conspiracy theorists of their day. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. I mean, it's, what it's, it's getting hard to read any of this stuff about COVID and all of that stuff anymore because... Well, they had the beast from 20,000 Fathoms on Spengooly on Saturday <laughs> night. I love Spengooly. And He's so... I don't, I don't get to see him anymore. I don't know why. Uh, what version of MeTV do you have? There's two versions of it. Are there really? I, I actually don't. I don't. I have, I'm on, I have Netflix and Amazon Prime. He could probably go to YouTube or there something. There probably is an app for me TV, but are, are you saying there are two different apps for me TV? Well, no, no, no. There's two different uh, on on. We have cable at home, so it's uh-huh. there's two different me TV channels. Okay. Or there at least there was, the one that I was watching. I thought, oh man, I like watching watching Mash at six o'clock on you know Monday mm-hmm. through Friday, and then on Sunday they do six until seven two episodes, and I got bummed out, and I I just realized I was watching the wrong me TV channel. Huh. It was on the other one. Okay. But, you know, this, uh, it was, they, they set off some sort of a nuclear explosion near the Arctic Circle, and it ended up waking up this beast who had been frozen uh, in, in, in a block of ice for however long. Uh-huh. Then the thing gets loose and wreaks havoc there, and then make, somehow made its way to New York. 
What is, is everybody, you know, and, and nothing personally, but uh-huh. New York is not like the center of the universe or, or the center of, of, of the well, world. King Kong went to New York. I know, he? exactly. Point <laughs> being, you know, case in point. All, all the monsters, for some reason, are, are drawn to New York. What is uh-huh. it? They like the bagels or the way they make the pizza no, there? They, they like that tall, pointy building. Apparently so. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it was the beast from 20,000 Fathoms. And if you, uh, interesting, if you ever watch this movie, at no time do they ever refer to the beast as a dinosaur. It's a creature, a monster, a, creature, a beast. Yeah. They never refer to it as a dinosaur, which I find so I, I very don't, interesting. So I don't remember that film. What did it look like? Uh, that was where they first really kind of got into that whole claymation thing. Yeah. The guy that um, was kind of the... the cl- he wasn't the animator. Was he the claimanator? I don't know what you'd call that. <laughs> yeah. But this guy was like ahead of his time. He was the one that was able to oh, develop I mean. the concept where 